Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. And we're online at kpcg.fm and have a live link there at thetrumpet.com as well. Well, today let's look at three specific things that Abraham and all those who obey God will inherit. God gives many wonderful promises to those that are willing to follow him and obey him. And these promises are something that are eternal. These are eternal promises, wonderful promises from God, and they should be a source of encouragement for all of those who God has called and who are obeying him today. And this is important to look at because this is what God is promising to those that obey him. The world has the things that it offers, I suppose. Satan puts things out there that have a certain appeal to them, especially immediately. But, of course, the end result is death. But God's promises are eternal. And we need to really understand and consider and think about what God is is promising. And what we look at today are the promises. And what we will look at today are the promises that Abraham had faith in and patiently waited for. He had faith in these promises. He believed God. And he waited, and he was patient. So let's start by seeing what Christ proclaimed when he was on this earth. This is an important part of this uh, topic. Then we have a few passages today, so if you have a Bible handy, you could grab that. We could look at these together, and we'll start here in Mark 1. Mark 1 and verse 14, it says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. What did Christ preach when he was on this earth? Very clearly, he preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. And this passage relates directly to what God promised Abraham. The gospel, as I think many of our listeners know, is the good news about the soon coming kingdom and family of God. And that kingdom will occupy and govern this earth This earth will be ruled by the kingdom of God at the return of Christ. And this future earth has been promised to Abraham and his heirs. So Abraham and all who obey God will be in the kingdom of God. That's a promise. Notice Matthew 8 and verse 11. Matthew 8 and verse 11. It says, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So we can see that there will be quite a few people that share these promises, that inherit them, along with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, all people who have been called and obey God over the years. They're going to be in the kingdom of God. There's going to be a resurrection from the dead. And those first fruits that were called and remained faithful 
their entire lives, they're going to be in the kingdom of God. It's pretty exciting. It's pretty amazing. And they will come from all places of the earth, having lived a life of obedience to God, and then be resurrected into the kingdom of God. See, this shows how inclusive God's plan is. And we see a lot of division today in this world, class division, race division, political division. But God's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of righteousness. And there are many people that will obey God and be in that kingdom of God. And they come from all places, it says. From the east, from the west, they're going to come. And they're going to be in that kingdom of God, this unified family. What an example for us today. We need unity And that unity, of course, is based upon obedience to the law of God and doing God's will. Notice this quote here from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. This is a free course, and you can uh, sign up for it at thetrumpet.com. It says, The promises God made to the fathers include entrance into the kingdom of God. Entrance into the kingdom of God. That's uh, the greatest promise we could be given. It says, and so their inheritance will include, and here's three things, eternal life, number one. Number two, the kingdom of God, as we've mentioned, that eternal life in the kingdom of God there. And then three, possession of the earth on which that kingdom will reign, the very same inheritance Christians may receive through Christ. This is what was promised to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and now it's promised to Christians today, true Christians, those that God has called and that have accepted that calling and been baptized and, of course, had to repent before that and the whole process there and keep growing and developing and striving to obey God. These promises are to them. These are the promises that God is offering to his people. And that's the inheritance. That's the wonderful inheritance that's being promised so even though the world has its, its things that are appealing for a moment, I suppose, these are eternal promises, and this is what our focus needs to be on, these eternal promises. Anything that this world offers temporarily is uh, you know, insignificant compared to what God is offering, compared to the promises that God is giving to us and to his people. Christ taught us that we should strive to enter into that kingdom. We should work at that. That's something we should absolutely do. This has to be our primary goal. Our primary goal, the main goal of our lives, is to enter into this kingdom of God. Notice Matthew 6 and verse 33. It says, But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, even the things of this life that are good and that we'd like, those things will be added. God will take care of that. But our our primary concern, our overriding goal, has to be the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. Everyone who wants to be in God's kingdom and receive all these wonderful blessings that God is offering, Christ showed that they will have to do God's will today. It's easy to look at the promises and say, yes, I'd like that. I want that. But will we follow God? Will we obey him? Will we do his will? Will we follow the example that Abraham set? 
with faith and with patience. Not everyone wants to do God's will. You know, carnally, the carnal mind is hostility against God. And so we do need God's spirit to change that thinking. Notice what Christ said. He was very specific about this. And this is important because there are many people who profess to be Christians, but in fact, don't do God's will. Matthew 7 and verse 21, Christ says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So there's something that God's people have to do. They have to do God's will. And again, there are many people that say, Lord, Lord, right? I mean, they profess Christ and such, but they don't do God's will. Now, that's uh, something that, that would probably be shocking to many people, but that's the truth, and Christ is very clear here. Notice the correspondence course. It says, notice in Matthew 7 and verse 21, which we just read, that it is the kingdom of heaven, not in heaven, right? That's another point to that, that scripture that maybe we'd read over pretty easily. There's a lot of people that think that, you know, Christians, when they die, true Christians, would go to heaven. That's not the case. This is the kingdom of heaven, but it's not in heaven because, remember, the promises are this earth. That's one of the promises, the kingdom of God ruling on this earth. That's the inheritance. The quote says, it is the kingdom of or owned and ruled by heaven in the same sense that the Bank of Morgan was not in Morgan, but was owned and managed by him. So I think we understand that when we talk about something physical. It says Matthew uses the term kingdom of heaven to express exactly the same idea that Mark, Luke, and John express as kingdom of God. But the expression kingdom of heaven does not mean a kingdom in heaven, any more than it means a kingdom in God. But it does mean a kingdom owned and ruled by God, whose throne and dwelling place is in heaven. And so we have to understand what, again, is being offered, what's being promised to those who do God's will. And it is, again, eternal life in the kingdom of God ruling this earth. Let's notice something in Matthew 5 that could appear to be a contradiction, but it is not. And so it's important to look at this. This is Matthew 5 and verse 3, part of the uh, Beatitudes. And Christ says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then verse 5, it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. <laughs> So, I mean, if, if somebody didn't really understand this, they'd say, well, wait a minute, how come the one group gets heaven, the other group gets the earth? You know, what, what's, what's the difference here? It's, uh, there's no difference. It's the same promise. The Course says the meek and the poor in spirit, and in other words, that means humble Christians, those that are humble enough to do God's will, shall inherit the earth for an everlasting possession and shall enter the kingdom of heaven, which will be on earth. It'd be easy to be confused on that because you could think, well, why would one group get one inheritance and the other group would get this other inheritance? It's the same inheritance. 
because the kingdom of heaven will rule on this earth. The kingdom of God will rule on this earth. It's owned by God. It's his kingdom. It's his government. Notice further verse 12. It says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. The court says they do not tell us when or where Christians will receive their inheritance and rewards, only that they are now being reserved for them in heaven. So those are being saved. And, you know, the things that we do in this life, God's taking note of it. He's taking note, and we're going to be rewarded according to our works. There's a certain reward that's given. You know, we don't earn salvation. We can't. There's nothing we can do. That has to be because of Christ's sacrifice. That's a gift from God, but there are conditions to receive that gift. Obedience, repentance, faith. And then at the same time, as we grow, as we do God's will, as we produce good fruits, fruits of the Spirit, then we're rewarded according to those. So again, it all makes sense when we stop and we understand it and we really look and see what the scriptures say about what God is offering to those who obey him and those that are called out today. God has to call people out for them to have their minds open to really understand the truth of God. So let's see when the righteous will inherit the kingdom of God. When does this happen? An inheritance is something that uh, is in the future, of course. So we want to know when we can expect that. Matthew 25, look at verses uh, 31 through 34. It says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come you, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And so as a reminder, those who do the will of God the Father in this life will inherit these three things. Eternal life the kingdom of God, and this earth. And these are the promises made to Abraham and all those who are called today and obey God and those that have been called over the years and have obeyed God and developed the character of God in this life. They're qualified, and we're qualifying today to take positions in this kingdom. This incredible kingdom of God, ruling this earth, solving the problems that we see on this earth today. You know, the racial division, which is increasing. There's always fighting between nations, but now even within certain nations, there's infighting and problems, and destruction, violence, and just more and more animosity and hatred, one against another. That's not God's will at all. So those things have to be solved. They have to be solved, and they will be solved, but it's going to take the law of God. It's going to take the kingdom of God ruling on this earth, and then Christ needs people to help him, those that have been trained, 
that know how to implement his law and solve problems. And this inheritance, this reward, this is going to be given at the return of Christ. That's when the kingdom of God will be established. It's not here today. And sometimes people get confused on that. They think, well, the kingdom of you know, God might be in, in people's hearts or maybe um, you know, they'll do something today to try to set it up on this earth. You can't do it. Can't do it because Christ has to return and establish that kingdom to rule on this earth, the kingdom of God. That's when we'll receive this inheritance. We read that here in Matthew 25. It's when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and that hasn't happened yet. But when Christ returns, then he's going to sit upon the throne of his glory. He's going to rule. No more of the rule of man and man trying to solve things and and, uh, trying to hoard power (laughs) for themselves, which often happens. But he's going to rule, and he's going to gather all the nations. He's going to make sure that everything is done just and in order and the way it should be. And those that he's called and have developed his character... They're going to come into that kingdom. As he says in verse 34, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You know, God's been preparing this kingdom. And so the question for us, as God's people, is are we letting Christ live in us through the power of God's Spirit? Are we letting him prepare us for our positions of rulership in the kingdom of God? I mean, God's put a lot of work into it. He has put a lot of work and a lot of effort (laughs) and risked so much to build this kingdom of God that will rule on this earth when Christ returns. Are we being prepared? And we are if we're letting Christ live in us and doing God's will, supporting his work. There's a work to support. There's a work to be done today, and it helps us qualify. It prepares us. For this kingdom of God, and if you'd like to know more about that work, if you're not as familiar with it, please visit us at thetrumpet.com and see how you can help, how you can be part of this work, and how you can support these efforts to give hope to this world because, you know, uh, I could challenge you, I suppose, (laughs) to look around. I could challenge myself to say, hey, look around. Do you see hope anywhere in this world? Really? Any sort of hope? Any sort of solution? Is it in a political party? Is it in an ideology? Where is it? There isn't any hope. There's just fighting and division. The only hope that there is is in this kingdom of God. And what an exciting time it will be when that's reestablished on this earth. And for those that God has called and he's working through today and they're, they're letting Christ lead them and being prepared for this kingdom, they can look forward to eternal life the kingdom of God and rulership of this earth. That's that's the promise. Those are three of the things we can look forward to. And so, again, if you'd like to know more about that, please sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. Also, you could request uh, Mystery of the Ages, The Incredible Human Potential, and The Wonderful World Tomorrow, What It Will Be Like. Those are some fantastic books that open up the Bible and get into the passages in the Bible and give a lot more detail about what this kingdom of God will be like ruling on this earth at the return of Christ and God's preparing a people to be ready to help rule with him. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. Thank you again for spending some of your time with me today. I appreciate that. 
Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.